Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we get an update from Ariel Phoenix. We've been working together for a few months now. We've had to pivot a little bit, and we talk about that. And we actually spend a lot of time talking about artificial intelligence writers, the AI writers that I often complain about. And I didn't know we were going to talk about it that much, but I think we had a pretty good discussion. And I'm trying to have an open mind, even though my defensive mind wants to resist. And I'm curious to hear what you think. Uh, I think about halfway through, we really dive in and... Ariel tries to provide some specific use cases to help my rigid mind understand how one might be able to use an AI tool. I'm still not convinced, but I'm excited to hopefully have my friend Alex Cooper from WP Eagle on YouTube on the show pretty soon to talk about a case study that he has been working on using such a tool. In fact, uh, he pinged me earlier today and said, hey, uh, there's two pieces of writing I want you to check out. And I'm curious if you could pick out the writer versus the AI tool. So I'm a little scared to reply back to him, but I'm going to check it out and see what happens. Now, before we get to it, I need to thank a couple sponsors, and that is Niche Website Builders and Ezoic. So I'm working with Niche Website Builders on a case study. They're publishing about 200,000 words of content for me. We are about halfway through. I recently published about 47 articles. So each of the articles is a little bit over, I think, a thousand words, or on average, they're over a thousand words. So that's gone well. I can see more impressions on Google Search Console and hopefully more traffic will be following. And as I record this, I know I saw the team at Niche Website Builders in WordPress. They were drafting another roughly 50 articles, 45 to 50 articles or so. And I'm excited to see how that's going to go. So stay tuned for that. If you uh, check out the link in the show notes here, you can use my coupon code to save 10%, I believe, if you get a link building package, or you can get 10% more content if you order content or get one of the done-for-you sites. Also want to thank Ezoic, and they've been working with me for a few years. They're a big supporter, and I appreciate them. If you haven't checked out Ezoic, uh, certainly go and have a look. There's no page view minimum, so you can start working with Ezoic right away, even if you have a brand new site. And they have a great tool called Leap, which helps your site load faster and get green and core web vitals. So certainly check out Ezoic as well. And for both Ezoic and Niche Website Builders, even if, if you're not in the market for whatever it is they offer, they do support the show. And it would be great if you let them know just hop over there, ping them, shoot them an email. Any way you can get in touch with them, just let them know that you appreciate the sponsorship. That helps me out. Okay, without further ado, let's get to the show. And no more commercials. I wanted to get them out of the way early here so you could just listen to the show. I'll catch you on the other side here. And here's Ariel. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Doug. How are you? Doing pretty good. And you, well, let's talk uh, personal stuff first. So typically we would have recorded a little bit sooner and typically we maybe would have had your blog post update, but 
you were, you've been unable to to do that yet. So do you want to share as much as you want or as little as you want? Yeah. So I unfortunately slammed my finger in my car door the other day. So I've not been able to type as much. I've still been able to delegate some of the workload, but with regards to the update, because I typed up myself, I yeah, I've just not been able to to do that just yet. But I'm getting better. So soon. Okay. Cool. Well, maybe what we can do because I don't really care um, about it coming in late. I didn't tell you this, but why don't, why don't you just skip this one and then you can just pick okay. it up the next one. And then there, there's no stress and it's not a big deal. So that's one okay. of the luxuries we have when we work for <laughs> ourselves. We're making up our own rules and constraints. So yeah, why don't okay. you just not worry about it and then you could catch up next time. I know you have oh, some yeah. notes and stuff and you have somewhat of a blog post on, on your uh, own blog. So yeah. maybe we could direct people there. So, okay. okay. So with, with that out of the way, <laughs> how are things going otherwise? Things are going well. As we spoke about last time, I'd be switching over or we talked about the idea of switching over back over to site two. And um, that's what I've done because the EPMVs, as you know, were really good on that between 30, 35 and $40. Um, and it was getting around... 300 any anywhere between 300 and 500 visits a day so and with that was with 70 posts so in the last or since the last time we spoke I've added 55 more posts so I just oh, wow. got straight to it yeah I got straight to it um and that site does really well with long long form so they're anywhere between 1500 and 2500 words um and as, as I said I had two writers that were good enough to work on that topic. And then I could just go through, which I've been doing. So I get the articles back, go through them. And I've been using the Rank Math Content AI plugin, um, the addition to go through and add any LSI, any additional keywords. So I'm really happy with the 55 posts that I've added. Perfect. And for the people that are jumping in kind of in the middle, we've been working together for a few months here. So initially, we were looking at what we're calling site seven. You had a small portfolio of sites, some of them younger, some of them older. So we started focusing on site seven, but we ran into the issue. Uh, essentially, the earnings were going to be a little bit lower because of the EPMV, the earnings per thousand visitors for site seven, just because of the topic matter, while this other one, site two, was earning. What, what was the EPMV for that? What did you just say? Uh, site 2's EPMB is between $35 and $40. Okay. And Site 7 was just under $8. So Dramatic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit of the shift. And uh, people, of course, you can go back and listen to the earlier updates as we started down one path. We got more information from the real world and this feedback helped us make a decision that we should pivot a little bit and not try to push a boulder uphill, but instead, you know, let the snowball roll downhill with site two. So we've pivoted a little bit and was it frustrating in any way? You know, I, I said, yeah, let's do this. And then, then we said, oh, maybe we're going to do something different. No, as I said, um, with site seven, I'm getting confused myself with site seven um, that was the first site that I tried that new type of keyword on and it still is growing really well. It's still growing really well. 
So um, because of that, I went back and looked at ways that I can do that same sort of method on site two. And of course, in future, the other sites in the portfolio. And um, it is something that I'll definitely do. So I've learned a lot with that site. And also, it might not just be the content or the, the type of content on site seven, why it's um, the EPMV is limited, because last month, the EPMV started going up. And that was because I changed the theme. I think I changed the theme and I went through and I did more um, placeholders and so not just the AI placeholders. So I'm going to watch it and see if the EPMV, how much it's going to rise if it does. But I think I had some issues with the, the theme. I was, I was using Astra, but for some reason, um, my mobile menu wasn't working properly. So when I went to check the site and I clicked it, the menu wasn't loading. Uh, I don't know if it was um, some, an Ajax error. Or, I don't know what it was, but I changed the theme. I tried to un uninstall some plugins to see if it had any effect, but wasn't working. Changed the uh, the theme completely, and it seems to be working fine now. So hopefully that helps with you know how how much pages they the visitors visit when they're there, and maybe it will bring the EPMV up. Don't know. Okay. And before we jump into the stats and all the analytics and stuff for each of the sites, you are monetizing with Ezoic, that's correct? Yeah, Ezoic, yeah. Okay. And you're using the the premium uh, version. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've got um, Ezoic premium across all of the sites. So obviously, it splits across all the sites in the account. So um, yeah, so that's, I'm not sure what else the <laughs> to say about it, but yeah. Sure. Well, and I guess um, just in case people don't know, so the, the premium gives you access to like premium advertisers and then typically you're going to earn more, but you ha you do have to quote pay for the access to get to those. So just to make sure it's working out well, um, you are earning more than it costs to pay for such ads, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because mainly because of site two, um, I'm always earning more than the the premium cost. So if it were just the sites on, um, if it were just all the other sites and, and no site too, then I'd maybe be breaking even. <laughs> but um, but yeah, because of site site two, the earnings that's the majority of the earnings are from there. So premiums covered by that. Got it. Okay. So site um, number seven. We'll start out of order just to make it extremely confusing. So site <laughs> number seven. Can you tell us about the metrics and other analytics that you are tracking? Yeah, so um, I got over $70 from Ezoic in, on site seven um, and a hundred and I don't have the exact, I think it was $150 on Amazon. So it's still earning the majority of its, of its um, earnings on sure. Amazon. Um, and then, yeah, the, the ad earnings are going up. Uh, page views, did I? I got that. Let's see. Yeah. Got to scroll down now. Um, it's, yeah, it's seven months old. And gosh, I don't even have that. I'm not. Okay, so you don't have the traffic available. That's okay. No, I no. don't want to edit this, so we're just going to roll with uh, it, and we'll assume <laughs> it's a little bit more traffic than it was before. Yeah, the should, sessions were. Do you have were, like a ballpark, like kind yeah, of yeah. what it could be? The sessions were around eight thousand sessions this month, so it's gone yeah. up, gone up quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, and what was it before? Was something like forty four hundred or something? 
Yeah, but four or five. Yeah, four or five thousand. Okay, cool. Yeah. So two hundred and twenty bucks for site seven, which is actually pretty good for a seven-month-old site. It's growing yeah. pretty well. And before we move on to site two, you mentioned a specific type of keyword. It's it's almost like unlimited keywords, and this yeah. is something a little was a little bit new for you. So can you? maybe give us an example of some analogy that's close so people can get an idea what it might be. Maybe we could use like golf courses as an example. Yeah, well, that that's a good example because uh, I actually checked a similar, similar method to make sure when I was doing it to see if I was on track. And um, they did actually do golf courses and it's just location-based keywords. A few people you've had on the show have mentioned the same method. So um, for golf courses, it would be um, golf courses in a specific state or city. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's it because you can do that with every single city or state. And you don't really need to do, you do, you can check the search volume, but if you know you're going to cover all of the keywords, you can pretty much just do a map and do all of the keywords. So unlimited. Right. And of course, the idea, this is like literally a long tail idea. So the volume doesn't really matter because if you get one or two visitors on each one of the posts, some of them are going to really outperform, but you could make some assumptions. So each day, one or two visitors are going to land on one of the posts. And if you have like 2000 different articles or yeah. posts, then that's a fairly significant amount of traffic and you can make that work, especially yeah. when some really outperform what you yeah exactly cool. and then the good thing is that they're not intense blog posts they don't they don't need crazy amounts of research so they're easy enough to outsource you know you don't have to pay 50 dollars per per post it's easy enough to outsource gather the data and then put them up so and it could be pretty short too i imagine if it's fairly straightforward i mean you can get away with you know four or five hundred words or maybe even less depending on what it yeah. is cool yeah all right. Anything else with site seven before we move on? Um, no, just the, the Amazon earnings, obviously, each month they're going up. So, um, yeah, I'm really pleased with the uh, the buyer's keywords where I wasn't going to target those at all. I was just going to do those location type keywords. But because, as I said before, the location traffic that comes in, they can go over to those buyer um, pages and um and that should hopefully keep converting as the site keeps growing because the traffic, yeah, the traffic's going up quite, quite a bit each month Awesome for a seven month old site. And this is not a really seasonal niche at all, right? It's kind of, I mean, it has nothing to do with any kind of season as far as I can yeah. tell. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will continue to monitor how it goes and are, are you still publishing on site seven a little bit just because there are so many keywords that you can go after? No, I put all all of my energy into site two. Um, yeah, so no, not good. Okay, not. sounds good. Well, let's move on to site two and hear about the uh, the traffic if you have it and the earnings yeah. and other details that you may have. So site two, I've had ten ten and a half thousand sessions this month and fifteen thousand page views. And as I said, it's got 125 posts on it. And from, well, in total, it earned just under $800 this month. So, nice. yeah. 
eight hundred this month. And uh, what what is the breakdown for that one? If there's anything notable, uh, so three hundred three hundred and fifty of that is Ezoic. Um, yeah, three three hundred to th- to four hundred is Ezoic, and the rest is different affiliate programs. So share a sale, a win. Um, all of those other programs combined. And then uh, digital products make up, they, they don't make up much of it, but it is it does contribute. And then a bit from Amazon. So Cool. And the Amazon portion is pretty small. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't have much products. You mentioned that you published 55 articles. You had a couple writers. So with Site2, you had to do a little bit more keyword research. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? And then we'll get into some of the content and working with the writers. Yeah. So what I did is I went through the different forums for the niche and I just started finding different concepts that I hadn't thought about before. Um, and I started doing my research around that. So using those different concepts and topics as seed keywords, and then I put those in, I'll do Google auto suggest. Um, keyword sheeter, um, keyword tool.io, which is my new favorite tool. Have you used that one before? Not in a long time. Okay. Yeah. I really like that one because it's got the questions. It's got, um, yeah, YouTube because this site does have YouTube. So that's, I think that's contributed to it as well. Um, so yeah, in terms of content, that's all I've been doing, finding new keywords, um, outsourcing to my writers. And I did hire a virtual assistant to help. Um, go back and add the images because I was publishing so much. Um, I needed somebody to go back through and just format it for me. But she got a bit lazy after the first week. So now I'm trying to find another one. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And it was just to add add images in to the, the post, any other work? Yeah. Um, well, she did. She did really well with the first task, which was um, Canva, so getting all the images together um, and making the featured images. So she done well with that because I had a, a template for her to follow, um, done all of those. And then she was supposed to, I prepared a document and a video for her to learn how to format it. And um, she just kind of, yeah, she didn't, she didn't do so well with that. Gotcha. She, she got busy. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny how that happens sometimes. So where did you hire the person from? Onlinejobs.ph. She was really good. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to be put off. I've got loads of them that I'm talking to at the moment. So, but it's just a time, a time thing. So having to set up, having to do the training all over again, having to um, do these um, calendar links and have these interviews. And it's, yeah, I just didn't want to have to go through that again before I needed to. So got it. Okay. So you found some keywords and generally you went to forums, you got some broad concepts, you use them as seed keywords using mm-hmm. Google auto suggest, uh, another tool, like something IO keyword cheetah and keyword tool.io. Yeah. Okay. So you got those and then you, you probably go through and you, you throw out a handful. How many keywords did you find in this process? Um, ones that I could work on straight away, but probably around 150, um, good, good ones with a decent search volume within the range that I should be able to rank for. Um, yeah. And, and lots of, um, FAQ keywords to go with them as well. Okay. 
Great. And you said you published about 55. You have writers. Did you write any of it yourself? Yeah, I did. Before before I crushed my finger, I wrote quite a few of them. Um, and I outsourced five at a time with my writer, um, with two of the writers. So yeah, they, they did half. We did half and half, I'm guessing. Okay. And I like the sort of the bite-sized pieces of five articles at a time versus like 50 at a time, for example, because you had enough keywords, you could just give them like a big block. So why do you divide it up into smaller assignments for them? I think um, they're people are money motivated. So when you have those small chunks, I think five, they can do five in a week or less, you know, the quicker they get that done, they get their chunk of money and do the next chunk keeps them motivated. And um, as I've seen, I have, Hired. I have ordered more before, and um, they they don't stick to the time frame, and sometimes they just think they can get a bit lazy on the uh, the quality of it. So I like them to know that I am checking them. I'm going through them. If I've got issues, I'll go back to them before I start another milestone. So that's that's mainly the reason motivation. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's a finish line that's closer and they're like, oh, I can I can do that. But if it's like 50, sometimes, yeah. like you said, your person gets bored. They're thinking, ah, yeah. I'm only on number four and then like, <laughs> find another gig. Or yeah, something. exactly. Not that that's what the person did, but that kind of thing will happen. So yeah. bite-sized pieces are pretty good. All right. And the, the writers were people that you had already worked with before, so they were already trained up and you just got the keywords to them. Any Anything else when you handed it off? Uh, yeah, no, pretty much they um, the ones I chose, because I have a few of them that do different things, obviously across the different sites. But the ones I chose, they had already expressed interest in that niche because I had all my, I had this article hit list and they can see the tabs. So they had come to me previously and said, um, could I work on these? I've noticed these other tabs that you've got. Could I work on these? And I've said, because I was working on the other side, I said, when we come back to it, I'll let you know. And um, and yeah, that's what, that's what happened. So they, they had interest in it and um, some experience writing. And then I just gave them the outlines. Um, I've been a bit more detailed with these outlines because I know there are additional keywords that I want them to cover and research that I need them to do. So I'm more strict with the outlines than I've been in the past, but yeah, they, they were good to go. All right. So you do an outline, do you provide them like references or you have them do the research themselves? So, um, there's a tool I've, I've mentioned this tool a few times on my channel. It's a free tool. It's called through, and, um, it just gets a, a bunch of the, the top 10, the SERPs, um, the top 10 or top 20. And it actually, you can do a bulk um keyword bulk keyword um, analysis and put a list of your keywords in and it will give you an excel spreadsheet with the um the the h2s that they've used where they've um linked to and you know a bunch of research in one document so what i tend to do is give them those as an outline if i've not gone through and, and made my own outline um i'll just attach that to the article hit list and they can see what kind of h2s that they should cover as well as any additional ones that I found, any keywords that I found. So, how do you spell through? T H R T H R U U U. Got it. Okay. T H R. It used to be called three U. Yeah, yeah. It used to be called through, but it, the web address was Samuel Schmidt, which is the guy's name. So he's finally just named it 
bought the domain name and uh, yeah, named it through. So easier to find and market. And it's a paid tool, I take it, right? It's, you get 10 free searches a month. Is that Georgie? <laughs> yeah. You get you get 10 free searches a month, but you can pay kind of like uh, keywords everywhere. You can buy credits. So, um, yeah, so I bought like a thousand credits when they had a, a birthday. They had a, a double deal. But they, yeah, no affiliate program just yet. I would, I'd promote them because they're really good. Yeah, it sounds like a cool a cool way to like just quickly get a, you know, Outlined dump of it. data. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. You know, you could probably edit it a little bit, but it's yeah, probably good yeah. enough to work from. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Very good. Oh, anything else with, um, you know, content or, you know, publish the, publishing these articles 55 in about a month, any issues or anything? Uh, no, no issues. Um, as you know, I've got my, my AI friend to help me, um, and I've just really been focusing on using the SERPs as as a basic outline. So doing that um, and looking at ways I can make them make the, the posts more um, beneficial to the reader. Um, but other than that, no, I think what I what I try to do or what I'm hoping to do is hire another virtual assistant that also has um, some background with article writing or just any kind of content writing that can I can train to use the, the AI tools that I use and then give her or him the outline and get them to do that because I think that would be more more cost effective and a decent way to scale up. Nice. Yeah. yeah. The I haven't played around with the AI tools much, but that would be exactly what you described is how I think it would be great. Cause you could, you know, potentially hire people where English or whatever language that you're writing in is not their first language, they can get close enough. And then you have like a native speaking editor. editor. Yeah. And yeah. Can pull it all together yeah. and it's close enough. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, from here, I think we can hit any questions you have or any other things you want to cover. Um, I don't have any questions. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> So you, you did mention, uh, some of the AI stuff. So I thought, um, so you don't have any questions, but I guess that was the idea that you were going to talk about the AI yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hiring the person. Cause I think we had spoken about this, um, briefly with the AI hiring the writer, training them how to use, teaching them how to use the tool and, um, yeah. And then using the editor, I think that's a really good way to scale up. And that's something that I'm looking, looking to do. Okay. Well, well, in, in this case, since you, I, I thought maybe you had a couple of questions, but since you do not, mm. I'll ask you about how you are using the AI tool. Um, and you, you probably mentioned it specifically. Don't mention it here because, yeah. you know, I don't want yeah. to know anything specific, but you're using yeah. an AI tool. People could figure I'm out. I'm using a couple. Yeah. I'm not just using that one. So that's something um, I'm going to stare away from. Um, and when I, in future, when I start promoting a specific tool i'm thinking about which one i really should be promoting and what i'm using the most um and i've mentioned before i'm using tools that also do um keyword research so that allow you to create a, a more competitive post and not just generating text which is what a lot of them do just fill paragraphs so <laughs> i also i want to actually target specific keywords and, and have factual information 
and um, some tools don't provide factual information. So okay, there's that. And we, we've covered it a little bit elsewhere. So I'll quickly describe what I think you're doing and then yeah. you can correct me. But the misconception that people have is they could just like maybe put in a title and then they'll get like an article on the other side, but you're using these more detailed outlines, which you described how you get those. Maybe you yeah. tweak the outline, maybe you provide even more information and then you use one of the, the AI writers to provide an output, it, right? So that, yeah, is that generally yeah. the right idea? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. And um, the main thing is, the outline itself, so where I get those keywords from, and it, that's all different sources. I wouldn't just let the tool give me what it thinks are good keywords. I'd actually go and find people also asks and, and related questions and topics. And then as long as they are closely related to the topic, I'll organize those into an outline and then the AI tool will help me go through and yeah, and fill it out. Are there certain topics that just probably won't work that well? From my understanding with the tools, they are regurgitating um, the mass of knowledge about a specific topic. Is that accurate? It was, but that's what so much so many tools have come onto the um in in, uh, in competition now that they have to do something different. So with my little knowledge of APIs and, and how all of that stuff works, I think newer tools are now realizing that people need factual information and uh, a tool that's just read the internet or eBooks in 2019 is not going to cut it. So they actually do have, some of the tools have APIs that grab data, like real, you know, data from the SERPs and uh, real time, I guess, data and help you write factual articles. But I still require um, writers that can actually go and research topics and get, you know, to know that the data is actually factual. So, yes, yeah, so with some topics, I won't even try and do AI because I, I don't want to risk getting any, you know, because I'd have to go back and do it myself and double check. So with articles that do have a lot of facts and stuff, I'd get the writers to go and do that to fact check. Gotcha. So, so the distinction there is you're saying some of the newer tools will go to a data source to yeah. ensure that it's accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah, accurate in yeah in, in quotes because okay. yeah because they're um because they're they're grabbing it from other they're, they're double checking different sources and if that is the common consensus then they'll say okay this must be fact sort of like how Google would decipher <laughs> yeah. so how google would decipher if something's factual or not i guess okay which is up for debate i don't really care but yeah it sounds like there's some there's still some gaps so yeah um in in to i understand that the pulling the data from a perhaps trusted data source is better than just regurgitating the internet but still yeah. it's pulling it from a website via an api in a, well, not a specific source. It's kind of like if we if we were to type in a question on Google, you'd look through and you'd see, okay, this they've said fifty percent, they've said thirty five to fifty percent, and so on and so forth. So it does the same thing. So where it would, if it had to grab a percentage, it would do that. It would look at it and say, this site said fifty, this said forty five. So we're going to say between forty and fifty percent. That's kind of how it works. 
Um, but it's, you really do, you really do need to try it because it's, 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 it's yeah. not what you think. Uh, and I'm surprised a lot of the time I did have, um, I did have a, uh, there, there wasn't an, an idea I wanted to say to you and see what your, um, what your response would be. Because a lot of the time the AI knows what a human would say next. And I think that's the main thing. I think that's, it's completely different to the old spinning tools where they, they didn't make sense. The AI actually says things in a way that humans would say it. And you can put in, um, well, I, I wrote, I gave it my text, uh, how I speak. So one, something from my blog post and I got it to tell me what the tone of the writing was. And then it said, it said, um, that the person writing is, is helpful, optimistic and all of these keywords. And then I asked it, um, who, what famous person would you associate with this particular style of writing? And then it gives you uh, a person that it, that it knows that is already studied. And then you can then put that in and say, write in the tone of this person. And it gives you a completely different output than any machine that you might be. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I uh, I should check it out. I doubt I will in the near term. I just have a low interest in it. But yeah. other other people other people should check it out. So don't don't necessarily take my lead. I'm just trying yeah. to do different stuff. Yeah, so no, I get it. When so back to sort of the original question is is there certain types of content where you're like it, it pretty much always does a pretty good job on this. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's something where there, there are a lot of facts that are easily verifiable via other sources, which as you said that I was like, there's so much nonsense online, <laughs> like to come up with a consensus for something that's controversial would be yeah. just, uh, it's nonsense. So uh, I, is there some kind of content that works really well that you don't have to worry um, about like steering people wrong? Yeah, no, I see. This is the thing because it, it's not just grabbing from the internet. It's grabbing from eBooks, um, Wherever it's, it's gotten its data from, it, it's grabbing in, encyclopedias and stuff. So um, I think obviously that there will be times where it churns out something and you're like, that's, that's not true. But you wouldn't be relying on it to do that. You, you just wouldn't be relying on it to give you all the facts. Um, but I think for most topics, uh, that mo for most topics, it does a good job. It does a good job. Um, I've, not, I've not used it and thought this is completely off. I've got to go and rewrite this whole thing. I've just found a chunk that I needed to go and research myself and then fi fixed it. Gotcha. But, yeah. Okay, cool. So one thing I'll add, um, Al our friend Alex Cooper from WP Eagle, I'm going to interview him soon about a site that he's created, I think with either all AI generated all AI. content, it's earning money. And the thing is, I, I want to have like the counterpoint. So I, I always make yeah. fun of the AI stuff. And again, I'm trying to do different things than mm -hmm. um, what many people are trying to do. Um, I respect whatever it is other people are trying to do. I'm not judging them specifically, but yeah. I'm I'm just like, this tool would not be super helpful for me. For what you're, um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason I've, I've said it a couple of times, but maybe not in this context, but I'm generally most of the time with the stuff that I am writing, mm. um, I want to have like new ideas or combine ideas from other places. And I have a feeling, yeah. um, the AI tools are not going to be generating their own original ideas. And that's I where thought that. I thought that, I thought that, but then 
if you think about when you're when you're writing a blog post, you're covering something that's not necessarily been covered in one place. So sometimes people are searching for something and they'd have to go to 10 different sources to get that information. And what the AI tool is doing is it's not necessarily just picking, oh, this is good and that's good and putting it in one in one place. But what it's it's doing it based on your outline and, and where you want the post to go. So it's completely you structuring it and then you can add your original research in and it will work with that just fine. So when you go and you've, you've, you've written a whole post and then you've gone and you've done a specific study on something yourself and you put that into your post, you've just got an even better post than anybody has on the topic. So I, I want to debate more, but I'll, fra- I'll phrase it differently. Let's say <laughs> I have a book in mind, a podcast, and maybe a blog post where mm-hmm. I think there's a thread of an idea that links all of them together. Yeah. Will an AI tool do that? I don't, I don't know what you mean. So let's say there's a book, uh, let's say it's The Power of Habit. And then yeah. there's a podcast that had the author of the book. Actually, let's say there's like three podcasts with the author of the book. He said different things in different podcasts. And yeah. then maybe um, you know that author writes for the New York Times, I think. And there's some other reference material in New York Times, right? So I have yeah. these three different sources. Um, are you? What would an AI tool do with that? I'm like, I want to tie together these couple different ideas, um, and there's no other information other than those source okay. materials. So what you would do is you take. So you've got the quotes yourself already. It's not quotes. It's, co- it's tying together original an original idea. Yeah. So you'd, but but you've got it in writing. You'd say, so you'd sure. what you'd have, yeah yeah for, for <laughs> what yeah, you'd for have this to example, do. Sure, yeah. You'd you'd have you'd say something. You could put all those points. So you jot those points down um, as bullet points, and you could literally give the tool a command and say, "This person said this. Um, summarize this, or put this in a paragraph, um, and in a you know I don't know, just and some sort of descriptive word." And it will do it. So you could say, um, compile this list of ideas into X, Y, Z, and it will do it. And it'll do (laughs) it in the style of uh, a writer that you want. You could say, could you compile this in, in, in Oprah's voice and it will do it and it will do it really well. Got it. And then, so that maybe could be a really good first draft and then you could come back and and edit, edit it yourself. I tend to edit as I go because it just makes it easier. Um, and then I'll actually go back once I, I put the post in, as I said, I'm using content AI, it will go through it and it will let me know, oh, you could target this keyword or um, this This is a people also ask question, you should probably add this. And I'll take that keyword and I'll bring that back in um, into the AI tool and I'll phrase it as a question and it will do that as well, will answer. And then if I need to go and get more um, factual data on it, I can go and edit and put that in and just yeah, word it in, in my way. And like I said, then I have a, a better blog post than anything else on the topic. But I really need to send you some of my some of the, the things I've been doing recently so you can have a look through and see if you think that this is AI written or... <laughs> and I'm trying uh, like one... So the way you described it there was very good. So essentially I would have the, the bullet point list of the things I want to cover. So it's not like 
the AI tool is finding the information. Word for word. Yeah. It's just filling in the yeah. the other stuff. Like yeah. not not the actual content, but the transitions no. and some other things which could be edited later. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I'm trying to think of like an application. Um, so I, I do a podcast with a friend of mine. And one thing that could be really useful is just for like an intro. And maybe it only needs to be five sentences long. And we could feed in like the core facts about a person. Yeah. And then we would end up with, you know, something, you know, quick. It might yeah. not be perfect, but it should be good enough. Yeah, that it could definitely do that. You take your notes and then you tell it to put it into this. You could say you could even say to put it in as a, write it as an introduction and it would do that. So yeah, sure. there's lots of uses for it. Okay, well, I probably still won't take a look because I just talk all the time, so it wouldn't be too hard just to make up an intro. But I think you people... will eventually. I think you're going to come around. I think you're going to come around. <laughs> I have said I can't wait until I can flip flop. And now that I have, maybe I have new knowledge, I'm learning all the time, right? So maybe after I talk to Alex, yeah. I'll think, hey, I really do have to check it out. But you're a writer, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't there something therapeutic about actually writing it yourself and not using a tool? Um, yes Depends and no. Depends on what no. you're writing. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes and no. So I've written, um, so fiction is fun. So writing fiction, that's all your creative ideas and unless you need to map something out or you you know if you want to just do a, a quick draft and you've already written something that is repetitive or you're writing about a character and trying to build out the character you would just do it yourself because it, it's fun but if you're doing something um, if you're writing non-fiction um, some a lot of that is repetitive so you could use AI to go through and, and do all of that stuff. And then you go and put your, your data, your research in. It's actually really easy to write a nonfiction book using the, the AI tools if you've already, which you should have, done your research on the topic and you've got all your notes and, you know, and you're just trying to compile them. Um, but, yeah, so with, with um, fiction, you just write that yourself. It's all fun. But with nonfiction, if you're trying to write a, an ebook to give away, or you know, then you've you're you're good with AI. So you, you just gave me an idea. Would it be conceivable to write, let's say, yeah, nonfiction book? May, maybe just like some, just trying a guide. to think of a, not a guide, but a more like a like a memoir. Let's say I wanted to yeah. do a memoir over the last five years. And I obviously have my bullet points, my list. Would an AI tool actually be able to give a, you know, say close to finished product? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've done it a bunch of times. It's, it's, it's great. Um, with you, when you've got your, your bullet points and, and um, again, all your original information, the AI tool understands it's so weird to say, but it is it's so intelligent. It understands all the transition words and, and the tone that you want to give it and where you're trying to go with it. Um, but this is why people say you have to hold its hand. It's not something you couldn't just put the, the bullet points there and say and just press enter. It's not it's not going to do anything. You've got to structure it um, the way you want it to. But it just saves a lot of time. So it's not going to do the whole thing for you. It just saves a lot of time. And Often it can do things if you've got writer's block or, you know, you don't know where to go with it or it, you want it to say something, but 
you don't know how to do it yourself, it will it will do it and it will do a good job. It does a it does a better job than a lot of writers. I, I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you are, as you're mentioning a couple of those things, I'm like, yeah, I've definitely hired writers where it was just bad. It's just yeah. it's too, especially like an in, in intro, for example, where they just keep repeating themselves. I have a feeling my yeah. tools are a little tighter. At least they know like it's repetitive, right? Or no? Yeah. Um. No, no. Yes and no. So if you don't like monitor it, it will repeat itself. It will keep repeating itself. If it doesn't know where to go with it, that's why I say you have to guide it. But, um, but yeah, some, some interest, some, sometimes I've had writers that, that it's so bad. You can't even correct it yourself. You have to just scrap the whole article. And I've not had that with, with AI, not yet. Gotcha. Okay. And maybe this will be, we'll, we'll get off this, uh, like one second here. So, would you would you think it's a decent idea for someone who wants to be a freelance writer to you know put this in their workflow and just be like a writer who generally uses an AI tool and then they edit it before they turn it in but yeah, yeah how, how do you feel about that so there's there's two different things happening at the moment one is a lot of writers, because there's so many of these tools available, a lot of writers are already using these tools and people don't know. So people are hiring them. They're getting really good copy and they're thinking, okay, this is good. I'm going to work with this writer again. They're on time all the time and everything's all structured well. And that's generally because they're using the AI tool, which helps them. Um, so that is their secret. So they're not going to let you know that I'm using an AI tool because that might be a put off for some people hiring. But then on the other side, People are hiring people because they're using the AI tools. So in these, I'm in all of these Facebook groups and in these groups, they have days where um, there's a writer saying, I'm, I'm available, this is my rate. And sometimes they're charging a lot more than people that aren't, are not are claiming to not use the tools. So it's just quite interesting because that's not something that appeals to me. I wouldn't hire somebody because they're using tools. I, I'm more likely to hire somebody that claims they're not using the tools. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I wouldn't say writers should use them um, because people do want writers that aren't using AI tools. Um, but it does, for somebody that is trying to make a career and pay their bills, they are, they're probably going to be able to do a lot more and a lot better <laughs> with AI tools if they edit and, you know, if they plagiarism check, edit and give a good piece of, of content, then nobody's going to have an issue with it. Okay. All right. Any other broad thoughts on the AI tools from you? Um, AI in general, as you can tell, I'm really enthusiastic about it and it's a rabbit hole I'm going down. And I've also, I've seen that the same open AI, they also have something called DALI 2, which generates images. So I think, I think we've got, I think AI is something we're going to have to embrace um, <laughs> because it's coming and it's doing so many so many things we don't even know just yet that they're, they're working on. So the image generation is, is quite a scary one. And there's also, have you heard of this? Um, this person does not exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen yeah. That. Yeah. So there's, there's quite a lot out there. Um, so I'm just trying to get ahead of the AI curve and, and make sure that my, my blogs and stuff are, are in line before it becomes so mainstream that everybody's using it anyway. Right. 
Yeah, that that is smart. I'm de- I'm getting older. I'm a, becoming an old man, so I'm like, I don't I don't want to deal with these. I don't want to learn about. Them. I don't want to learn about other tools. Like everything's yeah. moving like just fine for me. So, the interesting thing with the um, with the AI, especially when I think about some of the you know, some of the searches I do when I'm like trying to find, say, a recipe or something like that. And I wonder how things will like, you know, continue to evolve. Like we're sort of, um, you know, catering to Google in a lot of ways for different SEO pieces. But I mean, Google hasn't been around like that long. Like they could be displaced by some other search engine or maybe people stop using the internet in the same way, which sounds pretty crazy. But I mean, like you said, the AI tools are becoming more and more prevalent in different ways. So we really don't know, obviously, the future or where things are going to be heading. I noticed um, Alexa as well. Amazon had, I put a post up about this. They had um, like a people also ask type of thing. And I don't know if it was because I had an Alexa device, but I saw it on one of the product pages and I thought that was quite interesting. So it could be used for, um, it could be used by us to add to our product pages, our product posts, but also Amazon is trying to capture those, those questions. So I found that quite interesting because it might, it might just be Amazon that comes and takes away every, all of that stuff. Right. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, yeah, and then the the other part is there are obviously I know there's some big sites that are using AI to publish you know crazy amounts of content, and the content yeah. is you know not that good. I think there's some yeah. sort of automated um, publishing happening, but yeah. they're still getting a lot of traffic, and Google like doesn't do anything. No, because they've they've got high authority, so it just it's okay with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's such a huge amount of content that even if they get um, you know, a small amount of traffic to each one of the pages, it yeah. still adds up to a lot. So okay. Yeah. Very good. So what's coming up um for next month? So next month, um I'm at, I'm hoping to get to two hundred posts on site two as soon as possible. Um, we are in, in next month ish. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what that looks like, but hopefully by the end of January, very much May, by the end of May, I should have 200 posts. Um, and that's, that's based on, um, the, the monthly visits that it's getting. If, if I can get it to 200 posts and it gets around 300 per visit 350 then yeah the site should be doing really well in terms of monthly traffic at 70 70,000 very so. good all right well mm-hmm. thanks for the update where can people find you we'll put links so you don't have to spell anything out but where where okay. are your um where are your sites and everything so i'm i'm at arielphoenix.com and i'm on youtube awesome that's it All right. Well, thanks a lot. And we'll catch up with you um, next month. Thanks to Arielle and certainly check out her YouTube channel and blog as well. And shoot me an email if you have any experience or thoughts about these AI tools. I'm still skeptical. I wonder like how much time you actually save or if it's helpful to come up with all the ideas and just have the pros put together for you.
I can see, you know, maybe some use cases where that could work out. Maybe that is helpful to get that first draft and over the writer's block. I honestly, I mean, I'm spending most of my time these days recording podcasts like this one or YouTube videos. It doesn't mean that there isn't writing done beforehand in some cases to prepare, but often it doesn't have to be in a polished format. It doesn't have to be ready to be published or anything. I will jot down my ideas. I'll journal. I'll write a lot of stuff in preparation for interviews or videos or something like that. But then after that, it is me talking and it doesn't have to be perfect whenever I say it. Lord knows it doesn't have to be perfect, but basically I, I'm not sure if I, if I am on board still, like I said, I'm still a little defensive and I'm not sure what, what exactly one expects from the AI tools. Like I mentioned, you know, Alex sent over uh, a couple documents for me to check out to see if I could pick which one was AI. And when I step back and I'm like, okay, if I fed a bullet point list of facts and things that I wanted to cover in a document, and then the AI tool forms it together and makes it a readable thing, and then I just need to go through and edit it and make sure it sounds okay, is that the same as what I thought I was gonna get when I heard about AI tools? And it's really important to understand the parameters of the game that you're playing, the rules of the game or the parameters of the test or whatever. So initially when we heard about the AI tools, correct or incorrect, many of us thought, hey, I can give the tool the title of an article and then maybe a few keywords and we get a finished product on the other side. But if I have to spend all the time to feed all the facts in, well, I'm doing all the fucking work anyway. Like what time are you actually saving unless you do need help getting that first draft written or whatever. But at some point it's like, okay, you're getting the first draft and then you're having multiple edits done by a human. Well, then you just have a little assistance. Sure. We can call that, you know, pure AI written content. But if you have someone that's editing it, like that's a human, then are we saving much time? That's up for debate. I don't know if, it, if someone's using a tool and it works out great for them and it makes it easier, they get better content, they have an editor to help them out. Maybe the language that they're publishing in is not the language that they speak natively, so they need a little more assistance. If it works for you, go for it. I mean, I, I have no issue with folks using the tools, but it's a harder sell for me personally could it be useful like on my team at some point in the future? Well, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not totally against it. And I've said a few times, whenever I flip-flop, you know, at some point the AI tools probably will be good enough to use and I'll change my mind. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to reference the hundreds of times I mentioned disparaging things about the AI tools. And then I'll be, uh, you know, I'll have the whatever the, the tool of choice is tattooed on my arm at that point. So anyway, I'm just rambling on now. So shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. If you have experience with AI tools, if you use them and they worked out great, if you use them and you didn't like them, 
or maybe you figured out how to use them after enough, um, I guess, training and, and trying and being flexible with what you're using the tools for. So let me know. And if you've had success with the tools, I'm very curious. Um, I know I've seen some examples where maybe websites are automating the process a little bit where they are just publishing as quickly as they can get content done. And it looks like those sites are getting a lot of traffic. I wonder how it'll shape up in in the future if they're going to continue to be able to do that or if the visitors to the site will eventually not like that sort of content. But anyway, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. And if you found this episode uh, interesting or helpful, share it with a friend or a family member or even an enemy that you want to check out the episode. If you think they might enjoy it or something like that, just help spread the word. All right, we'll catch you on the next episode.